listening to the Ed Reach Network. <laughs> Never fails, Jerry. Ed Gamer, episode 137. <laughs> Lucien Vitel and Marvel's Avenger Station join forces. This is Ed Gamer for Monday, May 12, 2014. Ed Gamer's part of the EdReach Network, edreach.us, giving education a voice. A big voice. Big voice. <laughs> this show is dedicated to education gaming on any platform. We will give you the education angle on any type of games, ranging from tabletops to MMOs. We will discuss how these games impact student learning and how they can be used effectively within the classroom. I'm Zach. And I'm Jerry. Matt. I'm Lucian. Oh. And I'm Matt Clausen. Lucian, give us a little bit about yourself. I'm Lucian Vitell. I'm the CEO of Game Desk and also the co-director of a school here in LA called the Playmaker School. Matt? I'm Matt Clausen. I'm the Chief Creative Officer at Game Desk and uh, I'm in charge of ensuring the creative integrity of all the games and things that we develop here. <laughs> Jerry? My name is Jerry James, and I'm a visual arts teacher in Schaumburg, Illinois. And my name is Zach Gilbert, and I'm your host. I'm a sixth grade social studies language arts teacher from Normal, Illinois. I'm the king and dictator of my classroom. That's all I can say. That <laughs> I am the CEO of. And as I'm in my middle ages unit right now, I am the king. And it is quite nice. They do, Jerry. They do. As soon as I come in the classroom, they say, all rise and long live the king. Yeah, you're in your middle ages, all right. <laughs> Not there yet. So we have two special guests today, Jerry. Yeah, I've noticed. I yeah, see we, them. We have, yeah, they're, they're right there. They're <laughs> Thank right you there for pointing screen. them out. Yes, and uh, they have some uh, things to share. We've had Lucien before on, on our show before. So and wait, what does that make him then? He's, he's a foe. Hmm. Yeah. Please means, let let Zach explain this brilliant concept he has to you. It's a friend of Ed Gamer, but it's a foe, which you know it's just a play on words. Which we're getting into foes, which we will discuss Marvel, right? Because <laughs> there are foes in Marvel. You're just gonna leave it hanging there, Jerry. Yeah, okay, yeah, so you're just digging yourself so, out of this hole. Aren't, so, aren't foes traditionally villains or yes, enemies? Ah. Thank you. It's, it's very nice that you it's brought a, that up. Oh, it's yeah. You know, forget it. I'm not even going to go into explanation. Go. No, you're going to create all kind of conspiracy theories with this comment <laughs> that I'm planning. If people are going to start talking about are these guys secret enemies or what's going on. Hey, we have our own little hashtag, but that's all. That's all good. It's we don't have a hashtag. No. Well, somebody tried to no. start it. It just didn't go anywhere. You tried to start it. Didn't go anywhere. So, uh, you know, oh man, it has to be at least a year ago that um, Lucian came on. I think you were episode like 101. We're on 137, and I think you were you were talking about Game Desk. You were talking about Educade, which was something that was was coming out at that time, and uh, as a site for teachers to go to and learn about games and have lesson plans for that. And the Playmaker School, and you have a lot of stuff going on. What is Game Desk the umbrella that you know encompasses everything that you guys are doing? Yeah, it really is. I mean, it's the overall umbrella brand for everything that we do. I mean, we've really gone beyond gaming and, and moved into all forms of play and interactivity and simulation and, and, and making and design learning and all, all focused still with a playful lens. 
but you know, we've broken down into a, a fundamental incubation site that is the school um, and a place to figure out the full school model. We have um, a commercial studio where we build technology and curriculum and products. Uh, we still have the research institute that we do core research. And of course now we have this uh, distribution platform that we drive outreach and professional development and training and uh, really engage with the online communities and and you know it's all about uh, making a, um, a, a creating real change change agency uh, in uh, here in the United States and so we try to figure out how all those things you know inform each other and interweave together and this was the first big year for all those kind of systems and components to to help each other so things we learn from the school uh, help us make better products the products we do the School's the first place we try them. Um, we now have feedback from teachers all over the country, and we're able to expand and promote their work, and we're able to get a gauge more on what works where and how. And so it's been a big, big change for us this year. It's been really cool. Do you, I mean, is the environment, I, I, I think this is an easy question, but the environment today as it was three to five years ago, is it, is it better? Is it worse? For oh, games and learning, it's way better. It's much, it's much better. I mean, we have a, still a long ways to go. Uh, the market um, and and creating a really uh, effective market for everybody to play in is is I think that what is really needs to be the focus, you know, moving forward. But um, you know, what's happening now in schools and uh, the amount of content that's getting out there and the quality of that content. Um, it's just great. I mean, it's great to see so, so much good work and the fact that, you know, we can really look at a lot of, I mean, Educate was really great for us because we could see how much of other people's work we could incorporate and th think was valuable and it, there was just so much good stuff out there and a lot of good stuff that just wasn't being thought of right, you know, it's, it just it either, either was being thought of as a standalone experience or a teacher was like, how do I use this? And we really, we just needed to create, um, you know, the right context for these things. And there's a lot of valuable stuff. People, people, there's a lot of cool stuff out there. We really are really happy about that. And but I we got to build a market. We got to build yeah. a strong market. Mm -hmm. And it's, it's, and this is a, this is something we've talked about a lot. Jerry and I do on the show is, is having the the teachers having the time and the resources to be able to integrate something like this. So educate is one part of that. But now, how do you get the schools and administration to get on board to have them to get time to integrate and make sure that it's relating to standards, Common Core, whatever the case may be, whatever the goals are for that district or school? That's the biggest obstacle. And I, I think there's there are several groups around the country that are trying to f figure out how do we do that uh, and make it viable. Mm. Yeah, I agree. I mean, the do you have anything to say that, Matt? Yeah, I mean, the thing that's really interesting right now is it seems like there's still, there's a number of obstacles that still exist in terms of barriers to entry at district level, um, and there's a lot of different sort of structures that are in place that need to kind of be understood on a more granular level, um, but there's enough really interesting stuff being generated and enough people that are advoca advocates around the country. It's been really nice to see how um, people are kind of trying to put their head together and share a lot more in the space so that we can kind of all solve the problem together and figure out how we can get into the 
get to get into the classroom in a way that takes some of the burden off the teachers and gets everybody excited about this new modality of, of learning and teaching. And I think the new uh, th there's such a huge wave of one-to-one -one initiatives this year, um, and so this is an opportunity for game and games and learning to really have a voice in that and have a presence in that because you know a lot of people are figuring out what the heck's going to go on these machines or what do I do with these things so um, there's a lot of opportunity for um, training and, and working with superintendents and working with device manufacturers and working with people uh, uh, resellers who are engaging in the in the market to uh, to uh, participate but th those conversations need to happen and there's a lot of education that needs to happen between <laughs> what we do uh, and what they do, yeah. um, and, um, and so people can uh, can work together. And so there's a lot of weight to, to carry around that, and, and the first first ones doing it will always have to carry the most weight. Right. But I'm we're fine with that. That's cool. We like and to be first and stuff. And it's going to get better because as <laughs> the what the way I'm seeing is I grew up with gaming. I'm a 40-year-old, 40 41 now, I guess, 41-year-old parent, and the more parents I talk to, especially in middle school, what was that, Jerry? Nothing. Was that? So as I get older, the parents I'm interacting with are gamers themselves. Uh, you know, we're having a family tabletop game day at school on Saturday, and we'll have 40 to 50 parents and kids that show up, and we'll play board games all day. So it's, you know, the gaming is there. It's becoming more accepted, and as more of those educators and parents get involved in school boards and within the districts and administration, it's becoming more accepted. And it's eventually over time it will be, uh, I think, one part. It's one tool, but it's a very effective tool. Jerry? You know, I was just going to say, I think, you, you know, I agree with you saying there are opportunities for, for these conversations to be had. I think it's uh, critical these conversations are had right now because you bring up a great point with the one-to-one. -one. We're going through a one-to-one -one transition in my school, and, and we we just voted to make the, the school fully one-to-one -one next year, which is fantastic. But, you know, to be honest with you, there's still a lot of people, and not necessarily correctly, but just, you know, their, their first reaction will be, oh, all they do is play games on those things, and they're <laughs> distracted in my class, you know. And, and this is the time that games have to push forward and, and show their academic value and show their, you know, their their, val their value in general in education. Well, and speaking about that, I think you guys have some examples. <laughs> examples yeah. of examples yeah, cool of how, yeah, that's examples of how games, uh, simulations can be used within the classroom and be exciting not only for um, the the students, but I, you know, the one thing that's very important too is that I think teachers have to get excited about it too because if the teacher's not excited about it, you know, it, it's not going to work. The kids will see right through it. Um, and so that's this is one part that's really exciting. So when I see something like this, I get excited, but I also know it's good that teachers get excited too. So what do we? So we have this video here. Yeah. So let me tell you about some of the stuff we're gonna look at here. So um, uh, let's see here. Yeah. Go ahead and start it there. And uh, so here, you know, we're seeing kids engaged. So this is a project we did with the National Science Foundation where kids are working in teams and they're working in a, we created a bunch of uh, modules in Universe Sandbox and you can see here that they're working in small groups, they're working in large groups. Right now the, the kids like 
well, we got to save the Earth from Sedna. It's going to destroy all humanity. So we have to change the mass and trajectory of this asteroid so that it creates an orbit and doesn't explode into the planet. <laughs> uh, and then they're all kind of working together to uh, figure out a solution. And in order to figure out that solution, they've got to understand uh, the laws of gravity, the, the laws that drive what, what creates orbital patterns, the how mass affects uh, these forces in space, and also how planets are formed. And so they learn accretion, they learn orbital patterns, and uh, we also take this, this is, a, this is another piece here, kids are using the LEAP controller, the LEAP controller detects your hand and gestures. Oh my goodness. And now they're, they're recreating continental, uh, the, the uh, patterns of continental drift, um, through detecting fossils from different continents and reconstructing Pangaea and other, you know, earlier formations, just using their natural hands, their gestures. We're going to release this out in the next month or so to everybody. We're going to try to get it out as soon as we can. Um, uh, we want, and if it, there are schools that really want to play with this now. We'll talk to them and try to get this, uh, get this in their schools. Uh, but here you can see that they're actually working with plate boundaries. They're colliding plates using their hands and creating volcanoes and creating a divergent rift, rift valley boundary there. And they're, here they're going to create a subduction zone that creates volcanoes. And here with the girls explaining, now I understand that when plates move together, it creates volcanoes when they move against continents. And so here you can see the kids actually explaining uh, that, you know, they really understand this by using their, their hands and using their, their uh, uh, natural intuitive senses. And so it's all about using natural gesture. Um, and so, you know, we leverage that in all kinds of ways here. You can see they're doing it there with the gyro on the, on the laptop. And um, even in this little next section, if you just play this next little section here, you can even see how it's extended to uh, full motion where, you know, I think we talked about Arrow mm -hmm. before, but this is a yes. project also we're going to release this uh, summer. And uh, they use their whole bodies. They, they extend their arms, and uh, they can play either on the iPad, and it's still one-to-one -to, -one to wing rotation. But it's all about creating the natural feeling, uh, the natural one-to-one -one relationship between the body and the understanding of, of concepts that are normally hard to really understand. I mean, if you think about geoscience, it happens over millions of years. We can't see it. Uh, it happens underneath the ground and all around us, but it's happening so darn slow. But that's what games are great about. And you can't see aerodynamics, you know, it's invisible. You can't see all the air molecules hitting the wing. But with a game, you can. And you can rotate your arms and get a sense of things. So I think this is where games should have their place. They should do things that it may be really difficult for the traditional classroom. That's the role. So yeah, so that's some things to think about. The other thing that I'll highlight is, you know, you kind of see this from a high-tech perspective. But another project we just released, and a bunch of free curriculum is available now on Educate, and I should say from the last thing, I got some emails from the last broadcast. A lot of people, when they hear me say educate, they think it's educate.org with a T. It is with a D, folks. Educational Arcade. That's what the kind it's short for. So you got to say educate. Make sure you do that. Otherwise, you're never going to find it. You're going to see educate.org, and you're going to get this weird, crazy, weird site. So don't go there. Uh, and we'll so, have the link, um, too. What's, yeah. We'll have the link in the show notes. So, um, so if you uh, if you see this other project, it's called Ancient Inventions. Yep, Jerry. And so this is you know we did this where you can just you know you print out this uh, paper and it's just a board game, 
And it's just Dungeons and Dragons. I mean, it's as easy as, you know, the way Dungeons and Dragons works. You can build these ancient inventions through time. You've got character cards that you can print out. Um, you got a board game that you can print out, and you play the character of ancient inventors through time, and you actually understand uh, this was a big project for Matt. He, he really drove this uh, project. And uh, you can see it always goes from small models to kids building full assemblies outside. That's a, they're building an ancient shadoof to transport water. Uh, <laughs> it's super cool, man. And they Not too many people know what a shadoof is, so yeah, that's cool. Yeah. So they do. They do uh, throughout the process. They build small versions of these different inventions, and then go out and build full-size ones, and have to use teamwork and collaboration skills to implement them. Um, and the whole thing is that you don't break the fourth wall. All of the kids actually play different roles, from a um, from an inventor to a farmer to a merchant to a uh, tribe's leader, I think, in one of them. And uh, as they interact with each other, they, they they get to create their own currency and their own language to uh, un uncover the interrelationships of the, the intricacies of, of what it's like to actually run your own city-state and how invention how invention drives progress and how uh, history can be viewed through the lens of invention and through hands-on making activities. Well, so, and that's that's yeah. something that I tried to do in my class, but not that well, and uh, that's that's pretty amazing. Now, when you do you have the barriers broken down to where you do an activity like that, you're going to have a science grade, you're going to have a language arts grade, you're going to have a social studies grade, you know, it's 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 one project, but it's it's basically an interdisciplinary unit, correct? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And we really leave it up to the teacher because some teachers will say, you know what, that's too much for me. I'm just going to focus on the science part and really turn it into an official science project. They'll learn the other stuff. Some teachers who want to, you know, address it for all categories. And the other thing that's interesting to note in all the things that I just showed you is a lot. You mentioned like teachers are like, oh, well, they're just going to go off in the corner and play games, you know. A lot of people, when they think of the games movement and the gamification and, and games and technology, they have this image in their head of kids doing that. Or of replacing the teacher. I think that's a big thing that people are well, afraid of. Yeah, but you look at, the, the, look at what you just saw there. You see kids working together. You see kids collaborating. You see the teacher facilitating. You see an experience that is very human and interactive um, and, and something that is, is not that. And that's something else that's really important for us is to show that, you know, this is this is goes way beyond sitting uh, by yourself with a with a tablet or or I mean that can be great at home and and the flip model and that can be great for teachers who really think there's a lot of value in individualized learning and personalized learning. But there's there's a there's a great amount of work out there that's all about uh, kids working together and, and real engagement on all levels. And the way that the way that we design, um, we try to design from the ground up, and, and 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 you do a lot of rapid prototyping, paper prototyping, and hands-on activities, and then move into the digital space where necessary. Uh, in or, with without, so rather than uh, come up with a cool design idea that we have that's totally digital just because we think it's cool to make a game, we like to start out um, designing the prototypes in a way that might not actually end up being digital. They might just stay hands-on. So you have this modular approach where the teachers are able to sort of pick and choose which things are better. If they have a low-tech classroom or a no-tech classroom or a high-tech classroom, we can try to create a solution that works for everybody to get the same learning objectives across, where all the different modalities uh, sort of reinforce each other and, and just build up to a, a really robust and well-rounded learning experience. And you, you talk about, you know, yeah, you're, you're the guide on the side, the teacher is. You know, you're not the sage on the stage. Sage on the stage. You're the guide on the side. And anybody that does a simulation or, you know, 
a game or, or something like this, I actually work harder. <laughs> I'm moving around more. I'm mm -hmm. interacting with the students. They're, they're showing me what they know. Uh, that's my formative assessment is by watching and and listening to them uh, but I'm actively moving I'm not they're not playing a game and I'm just sitting up somewhere and, and just twiddling my thumbs no it's you know sometimes I'll sit back and just watch and listen uh, to their discussions but there's learning going on and when they need help I come in and help um, that's a great model yeah it's what true engagement and assessment are both really about though that's what that's Jerry that's what you I mean visual arts you know yeah. Digital arts. I mean, if you're showing them constantly, oh, you need to click here, you need to click here, you need to do this, you need. They have to learn on their own too. Right. Yeah. They have to build the projects. And you know, as a teacher, you go home feeling a whole lot more excited about your next day too. Oh, absolutely. Yes. yes. Yeah. Yep. I have a. Um, I've designed a, a little board game on the smart board that I'm going to start on Wednesday. And I'm excited. I'm staying. I'm staying up late at night, making sure I got the rules and everything set up. But I've also had the students and students help me, and they're going to help me because this is my first iteration of it. I want to make sure that it works well. But they're going to help me along the way also, whether it's the content or how the, uh, you know, the rules and making sure that the game flows properly. So they're going to be active participant in the game too, which is yeah. fine. Failure is not a bad thing because it's yeah. it's going to fail. There's going to be some there's going to be some major mistakes, I'm sure, but we can learn from those and make a better game. You're saying it, brother. Yeah, and on that on that same note, our program, our MathMaker program that we've also got. I don't know if we have a video feed for that, but um, with that, we, the children learn uh, math through the lens of creating their own video game, and uh, we've actually it kind of moves. There's sort of four tracks, right? There's learning the math, the sixth grade math curriculum. There's learning logical thinking, there's learning a little bit of programming, and there's learning storytelling in the sense that they actually have to design the game with some kind of a background story. And um, it's really it's really exciting now what we've done is, so now the kids have all created their games and we've actually rolled in a new live action component, or a uh, live action role play component to it, so that the kids are now mini entrepreneurs developing their video game, and Lucian and I are about to come in in a couple days and play the venture capitalists and review the kids' games and decide which one is going to be featured on the, on the new digital uh, version of MathMaker, the website that we're also creating right now. Yeah, and they have to get uh, other students throughout the school to buy equity in their companies based on the quality of their games. It's pretty cool. How real world is that? I mean, that's 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 awesome. That's full that's, on, dude. It's yeah, really that is. Too. And having them be part of that, that is that is amazing. So, yeah, is what uh, you have? Do you have something else that's going on? It's kind of be big. Let me see. I don't know. Well, we got this Marvel thing, dude. Marvel? What's Marvel? Yeah. <laughs> what's, what's Marvel? Superheroes, man. Oh, Superheroes. This is exciting. So, uh, I'm going to let Matt kind of get really into the guts of this thing, but let me just say, um, you know, for me, this is all really about um, – it's, it's about taking – the natural love and curiosity around these beloved brands, these beloved characters, this beloved universe. Um, and there's so many opportunities to extract um, real intrinsic motivation around science, around these worlds. And that's essentially what we've done and what we've been asked to do. We've been asked to... Um, to take a, a, an exhibit that, um, and an experience that's going to be in New York and, and designed to be in many more places throughout the United States and to create uh, classroom experiences 
that extend to the classroom, extend to anytime, anywhere learning, to extend to the home, where essentially uh, kids get to play a part in this universe and get, get to explore science as a part of the universe. But I'm going to let Matt kind of tell you the narrative and the story and, and kind of the excitement of what, what this is. But it's taking what we've done with ancient inventions and the, er the history LARPs and, uh, and this idea of live-action role-play and really merging it with uh, the Marvel Universe and then connecting it, connecting, trying to connect the informal museum space to the, to the classroom. But take it away, Matt. Yeah, so um, it's been a lot of fun. So, so the cool thing about the Marvel Universe, right, is that the, the characters are mainly based in science. Almost all of the characters, well, a large portion of them, are scientists, whether they're villains or whether they're heroes. You have you have the Hulk who started out as a scientist. You have um, you have, with the exception of Thor, I guess, right? Iron Man is also a scientist. So just starting there, it's a great a great a great point to show how exciting science can be. And um, there's always like a baseline version of what's of science that's driving the development of all the characters, and then they extrapolate into this like what could be space. So um, we ended up getting introduced to these this company called Victory Hill Entertainment, and they're the ones that are the ones developing the museum experience that's going to go in the Discovery Museum in Times Square. Uh, it's opening on May 23rd. And um, we got connected to them through the National Academy of Science. And there, there's a, a branch out here called the uh, Science and Entertainment Exchange. And um, got introduced to the project. The idea is that what they want to do is build a whole, a whole a fully immersive museum experience that doesn't break the fourth wall, where people come into this experience and actually become agents in training and need to learn about the science of the superheroes while at the exhibit, it's going to be crazy amounts of crazy cool technology, transparent projection screens. You're going to control Iron Man, um, an Iron Man app with your brain scans and eye tracking. They're actually using eye tracking. Uh, I think there's in the works they have um, controlling robots with your with your hand with the Wii control. All kinds of crazy cool stuff. And for us, it was an opportunity to kind of create a educational pathway through this entire process. And since we're so excited about the LARPing aspects of things we do in our classrooms. And their, their whole thing is not breaking the fourth wall. We thought, well, this, you guys are creating a giant LARP, so why don't we extend this LARP into the classroom and then back to the classroom at the end? So they loved that. We thought, it's great. It's a three-act structure like a movie, right? So act one, you start in the classroom. You come in one day. The teacher puts on this boring history of science video. And it's like, you know, like a 1970s sort of history of science video. And then all of a sudden it gets interrupted, and it's Agent Colby from the movie talking directly to the kids saying, kids, listen. This is an interruption. We had to interrupt your educational broadcast to tell you that your teacher is actually not your teacher, but is a secret agent recruiter, and you are now all agent recruits in this process to become agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. And in order to help the superheroes, you need to learn about these different STEM pathways and help solve these anomalies and problems that we're encountering, and we need scientifically-minded individuals to help us, right? And so the teacher ahead of time gets to sort of pick which pathway that they want. We picked life sciences, earth sciences, and physical science pathways so that we could uh, cover enough range in the curriculum that teachers at different stages in their scope and sequence could decide which one was appropriate for their class. The, the standards that we're attaching to or aligning to range from middle school up into high school a little bit to sort of fit the core demographic. Um, and the idea is that, like, for example, uh, the life science pathway, the kids, they get presented with a secret dossier with redacted information. Everything's laid out with Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. logos and stuff, so it feels very, like, you know, really in the thing. Uh, we're encouraging the teachers to maybe reveal an eye patch or to have some kind of cool agent <laughs> paraphernalia on to really pull the whole thing together and give the kids a chance to sort of step out of the traditional hierarchy that they feel like they're in when they're in the classroom. Helps everybody get a little bit 
more excited and have a little fun and let go and start getting excited about science in a new way. And um, tell them about the sh uh, the cell thing you have to compare. Yeah. So one of the, for example, for the life science pathway, they presented that we have this anomaly. We found this cell, this 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 uh, organic material that has a cell that we scanned from the Shield satellite, which is this crazy super high definition satellite that can read your DNA from space. They said that like one of the last years. <laughs> and so when you analyze, they get this dossier, and it, or or they actually follow the online. There's a we're creating a website, so they can either do the digital version if the kids have access to the to computers in a lab, or the teacher can use a, a PDF download that's all laid out in the same kind of cool aesthetic. Um, so they get this, this cell, and it looks very similar to a human cell, but there's some strange things about it. For example, it doesn't have mitochondria, so it has to have some other sort of power source to drive the cell. And the cell wall is a little thicker and more geometric looking. And so by analyzing and comparing a real human cell and understanding what's in the actual human cell to this other cell that they found, and then inputting this information into the SHIELD database, which we put into our, our system, or going to their teacher, for example, if they don't have access to the computer. And it reveals... It reveals that, hey, it's actually a Chitari cell. You've discovered that it's a, a Chitari life form. So it's that kind of thing, but all the way across the thing we have... We have uh, Tra tracking the trajectory of, of, of a Chitauri flyer that crashes into the ground. Um, Thor's hammer. Thor's hammer. And so that stuff happens in the museum or in the classroom. And then when the kids actually get to the museum experience, they're handed tablets that have an AR app that we developed on it. it all, it's super cool and high-tech. And as they go around through the exhibit, they are able to scan the AR tags that are around it throughout, throughout the museum. And it's going to reveal secret scientific information about each one of the superheroes. So, for example, you get to the Hulk exhibit, you scan your AR tag, and it starts talking about um, understanding the differences in Hulk's brain when uh, he hulks out and how he has to deal with emotion regulation and he's not as good at it, so his frontal lobe is actually being sort of shrunk down. So you get the same kind of thing. You understand the springboard of like what a regular human would be and then compare this to this sort of imaginary version of, of this universe, and it helps contextualize it and get kids excited about what could be. Awesome! There is so much potential. <laughs> That's amazing. Yeah, it's a lot of fun. It, the it's potential fun. and the investigation and the kids, you know, just really digging deep into this world. There yeah. is so much there. You guys don't seem psyched about it at no, all. No, you're not you? excited. Oh, man, my team, before we got this project, my team, every day at lunch, we were, we were talking about the science of superheroes anyway. Our teachers <laughs> were already creating a live-action role-play with the Marvel characters based on the science of the physics of the superheroes book. And um, yeah, it's just a lot. it's been a ton of fun. I just spent the two weekends ago. I was in the, the uh, science and engineering festival in DC, where I was able to dress up like an agent of Shield, show the app, and we had cosplayers there. We had Captain America. We had a bunch of different people, and the kids were went crazy for it. It was it was amazing to see these little kids just sitting there like tuned out to their parents for a minute and reading <laughs> all the scientific information in this thing and just having a great time. It's really exciting. Okay, and okay so long. you got to tell me. Uh, who's your favorite Marvel superhero? Oh, that was the question we asked the kids. <laughs> I mean, my favorite is probably Iron Man. Iron Man's pretty cool. He's pretty cool. Kind of a Thor guy myself. Yeah. I was a Hulk guy when I was a kid. I don't know what happened. I think yeah, Jerry. Oh, I was always a Hulk guy. Yeah, I was. Yeah. I was Spider Man. I just. Hey, I was a Tide Spider Man Hulk guy. That's I, I'm a, I have arachnophobia, and I Spider Man was my. Because I figured they would get over my fear, but he was also kind of a geek that had trouble with girls. 
<laughs> and so, you know, one Not of those that things. that touched a little close to home, huh? No, Zach? no, I've, I've grown out of that. Uh, oh, yeah. Yeah, you grew right out I, of that. Yeah, I married up. There's no doubt about it. Okay, so <laughs> it's all good. So any, uh, I, I think we're, our time is, is just about up here. Is there anything, I mean, this is, this is great. And I'm sure you're going to have more and more that is going to be, uh, you know, released down the road. You guys have made so many great connections and bringing it, in, bringing it into Game Desk itself, which is, which is wonderful. I know you mentioned before the show when we were prepping that, you know, you'll be at GLS, and uh, you said you'll have some teachers there. Yeah, right. we'll have some teachers there showcasing the work, and uh, I'll be there with you and doing a panel. That's wonderful. And I uh, also say that you know, um, you know, we're fini we're finalizing these next two weeks of all of our summer uh, interns. So if there are folks around the country that want to spend a come over uh, and uh, they can they can get themselves to LA, we always love to have a, a fresh talent for the summer. It's a big big time for us because we work with a lot of young creative minds. If people are interested, they can reach out to us and uh, try to engage with us. It'd be cool. Yeah, it doesn't get more cutting edge and professional and yeah. innovative than what you guys are doing. So yeah, no, that's that's awesome and very exciting and and uh, looking forward to the new and uh, wonderful things coming out of Game Desk. So, Jerry, anything else to add? Uh, don't run against. Uh, Clay Aiken in a political race. Oh my goodness, <laughs> that's sad. That was I. Uh, okay, yeah. read read up on it, folks. That did just. Oh my goodness, Jerry, <laughs> Jerry, yeah, only you, Jerry. Hey. Okay. On that note. More to hey. the story. Conspiracy. I, no. Yes. Yeah. Because I'm, I'm not Aiken going there. Okay. Yes. Yeah. Thank you for listening to this week's Ed Gamer podcast. Please follow us on EdReach.us and also follow all the great podcasts and blog posts on the EdReach Network. Black. Have a great week. Thanks for coming on. Thanks, guys. Thank you.